Good evening. Welcome to the Talking Out Podcast. My name is Neil Bailey Harper, and tonight I am back with the actions of distractions. Some sense of urgency. The music I'm listening to comes from Mark Kahn, his 1991 Grammy Award winning album and song, Walking in Memphis. So, um, okay, I'm going to make a couple of things very clear. I have never been against a president. I have been against the way presidents do their jobs. It's not personal against the man. It's about the job. At any government situation with me, it's about the people and how they perform their jobs. Okay? We stopped teaching civics in high school years ago. And if we did, if we understand the civics is just a study of the rights and, and duties of citizenship, you know that these people are responsible to us. So, with that being said, 45 took a walk in Memphis. Okay? Recalibrated some things. Uh, I'm not going to say soul searching because it's not that deep. I will say what I've said before about the current leader of the free world. A con man's con works much better when you control the narrative. I'll say that again. A con man's con works much better when you control the narrative. That doesn't mean it's going to work all the time. That just means that you control the narrative. So, after six months, tragically well over 140,000 people lost in the United States alone, 45 took a walk in Memphis. Now he understands that masks are important. Um, he still wants us to open schools, although he canceled the Republican convention that would have been in Jacksonville. So, even though children seem to be less susceptible to getting sick over the virus, doesn't make them less susceptible to carrying the virus and passing it on to their beloved teachers and elder relatives. So while you want to cancel the rally in Jacksonville for the convention, you want Jacksonville to open up their public schools so the kids can come back and make the teachers sick. Um, if you buy this latest bit of consciousness, then you bought everything else so it doesn't matter. But we need to understand what's going on. It's the actions of distractions again. Okay? Um, I remember about a month ago, the biggest scandal that ever took place was going to be revealed. Do you remember that? Remember after a particular press conference, we were talking about Obamagate? 
Anybody heard anything else about that? Okay, but I'm staying here because the actions of distractions, now we have a sense of urgency. And here's the thing, though, that gets me. Um, why I take this chunks out of the news. Okay, I take chunks out of it. I take what I need, just like we all do, I think. We watch the things. If we're looking, if we're looking for information and not opinions, we can look and find information in a few different places, but we might have reliable sources to us that we think we get factual information if we indeed are looking for factual information. Um, you can always just go to PBS. You get more factual information, and if they're giving you opinions, there's a little segment in the news hour just for that. But where we look, where we look to find our information is where we find it. But here's the thing. I asked the question last time about the news cycle. Why is there such a thing as a news cycle? And who determines the news cycle? And when do stories stop becoming the news? Um, first, this is the great David Byrne and Talking Heads from 1981. Yeah, 8081. Uh, it's um, uh, Once in a Lifetime. David Byrne did everything. He wrote, he produced, he did movies, he sang, he started the band. He's a great musician, great, great talent. Let's just put it that way. So, what I'm saying, um, we've been so distracted by stuff that means very little, and it keeps our eye off the things that mean a whole lot. And if the people with the eye on the world are distracted, you really have to keep yourself focused on what you're looking for and what you want to know. Um, Lawrence O'Donnell, uh, MSNBC, uh, late night uh, show host, uh, the last word with Lawrence O'Donnell, does a lot of things that okay with me, but he's, he's persistent about one thing. And I, and I am following his lead on this. Um, and his show just started doing it recently. I like certain, I like a lot of different people. I watch a lot of different people, but I've checked everybody. I've checked Fox, MSNBC, uh, CNN, PBS. There is not, and I've watched all the press conferences in which reporters have had a chance to ask the president certain questions. And nobody in the last 25 days has asked the president about the bounty that Russians were paying the Taliban's to kill American soldiers. To me, after this virus, the virus is our world now, okay? Let's just be real about that. We have to really get knee deep into it, get all the way into it to get all the way out of it. And still six months later, we're not doing that yet. So it's gonna be a while before we get out of that. But after the virus, why have we not addressed and put pressure on the people to address the story about Russians paying the Taliban to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan? Navy SEALs 
uh, SEAL Team 6, I believe, discovered at least $500,000 in U.S. currency in a Taliban outpost while raiding it. Pay payment. <coughs> Excuse me. What they understand is payment for killing American soldiers. It is... Um, and this story, and I did some research on this, and I went to the, to the Military Times magazine, okay? U.S. Military Times magazine. So I'm not going to, we're not going to slant this one way or the other. But since 2018, there have been stories about this. Um, apparently our government is known since 2019, at least a year. The same people that you salute as the commander-in-chief Every day you get on and off your aircraft or you go in and out a door. Those same people. You know there's a country that is paying to have them killed randomly. And you haven't addressed it. Uh, I read, let me see, stories in February 2018, April 2019... Uh, uh, let me see. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, two more in 2019, September, October of 2019, early 2020, and then in in uh, June 29th, we start having a lot of stories. The New York Times put out one. Um, let me see. James Laporta from Military Times Magazine, I think, was the one who busted the story. But still. We got some responses to say it was a hoax, the same classic response about that. But these are our sons, our daughters, our brothers, our sisters, and we're not over this. We're not, we're not dealing with it. We have times to ask the president a question at a press conference, and instead of asking that, any reporter, instead of asking that, you ask him about, uh, you ask him about Epstein's girlfriend. And, and here's the other thing I'm going to say about that. Uh, his response with that doesn't matter to me. But what gets me is that if he had said the same thing about an associate of Epstein that was as close as Miss Maxwell was, and that associate was a man, would we have the same reactions? Would it be okay? You know, basically he said, I wish her well, and I don't really know her that well. I wish her well, I don't know what happened. If he said that and it was a man they were talking about, we wouldn't deal with it as casual. Seems from my standpoint, she's as guilty as any man would be in the same situation. That's another subject. I'm losing my religion again. This is R.E.M. from 1991. No, 1980. 87, I think, losing my religion because <clears throat> that story bothers me. And, the, and, and after that, what else bothers me is what's going on in Portland, Oregon. Again, the news cycle stops. That doesn't mean the protests have stopped. In Portland, they haven't. It's almost, I think, day 51 of protests in Portland. And while we're having these protests in Portland, to my knowledge, and from what I've been able to ascertain, no one's died 
No one's been killed. Yes, I believe people have been hurt, but no one's been killed, fortunately. But the federal government sends in federal agents who don't even have the courage to label themselves as to what agency they're from, and they're pulling people off the streets in minivans and taking them somewhere. And in, and in certain most situations, I believe they're releasing them after a period of time, partly because of the ACLU, which knows all about this. And you have lawyers on the street who follow these kinds of things. But this is America. They're going there not at the request of Oregon state or city officials, Portland city officials, not the mayor, not the governor, nobody. They're going there because their executive branch military, no, let's take that back, executive branch agents, the executive branch of the government, they're not military. And I heard General Honore uh, last night, two nights ago, and Brian Williams saying that they need to take off those damn uniforms because they're disgracing the military. Best to my knowledge, executive branch agents are Homeland Security. And I believe these agents come from the um, US Customs and Border Protection. But they're going, they're taking people off the streets in unmarked vans and unmarked uniforms. They are physically beating people. These, there are films to show this. There's, videos to show this and we as as horrible as traffic stops are and people dying unarmed by, at the hands of the police when federal agents start coming and they can open your door or just pull you off the street and take you away without any warning any notice any knowledge or in most cases you're doing anything wrong those are the only two stories I want to hear about. Those are the only two stories that outside of the life of the virus that we're in, we need to be talking about now. If we say, we, this is America, new America, we have to address this. And when you also throw into the mix that 45 has talked to the leader of Russia five or six times since these information became prevalent and became known to him. He's talked to the leader of Russia five or six times. I'm willing to bet he's not mentioned one thing about it. But we are letting them get off the hook. We are not addressing it. it if we find time to talk about other little silly shit that's being said, we find time to talk about the book his niece wrote, outside of the virus, these are the only other things we need to be talking about. What's happening to American soldiers abroad that we know from information compiled is being put upon them by a foreign adversary? We need to address that immediately. And we need to address unmarked, unidentified federal agents coming to your town 
to, in as many cases, stir up, provoke instances as squashing instances. See, you've got a, you've got a desperate leader. We have a desperate leader now. We have a man who, who has no, who believes that everything is in his gut and he has no game plan. So we've seen three days of coronavirus task force where he's reading from a script. Great. I don't give him credit for that because it's been the last time he's done this since he's last done this in April, almost 80,000 Americans have died since the leader of our country has addressed our country about that situation. Think about that. He said this was a war and he's a wartime president. More than 80,000 Americans have died between Monday's press conference about the coronavirus and the last time he did a press conference about the coronavirus because it's not about the coronavirus to him. It's about him. It's, I'm not even getting into the mindset of how people, we need to keep people engaged. Fuck that, keep yourself engaged. This is David Bowie. Um, this is not America from 1987. We lost in this week uh, John Robert Lewis and C.T. Vivian. You know, on the shoulders of giants we stand. Um, and, and for me, John Lewis. Man, it's just a, it's a force. Both of these guys are forces of nature. But John Lewis changed a lot of minds. C.T. Vivian, from the ground up, changed a lot of mindsets. So, we don't need to beg anybody to vote. We don't need to beg anybody to stay in the game. They gave their life for the game. Rest in peace to John Lewis and C.T. Vivian. Um, okay, so again, this there are three things that only matter to me that I think should be driven through the news, if you call yourself news. One is the virus we know is getting worse because we are not an, a united front in fighting it. And that's the only way we're going to get better as a United States is to be, just to form a united front. But we don't have a leader. And that's obvious to everyone. I don't care how correct he will be for the next week or two because he feels he needs to be. Because the polls tell him he needs to be because he knows he's losing. So I'm going to read from a script as much as possible, but he's a hamster. He's gonna get on the hamster wheel. And we gotta remember that it's not about three more months of this. It's about not having 
four more years of this. We need stable leadership. We need to put ourselves first. And, and here's the other thing too. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I've lost faith in most of the Senate and in a lot of Congress because I've learned from Paul Ryan that it takes years to regrow your spine. It will take years to do that. Anybody know where Paul Ryan is? Hopefully he's doing well. But I thought he was spineless. These guys have taken spinelessness to another level. The Flim Flam Man, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, they're just not about anybody but themselves and the few people who, who fund them. Yeah. So they need to go. But I can't do that because I don't live in Kentucky and I don't live in South Carolina. But they need to go. See, we, we say we want new America. We can't count on the news cycle to keep us engaged. We have to understand some of us are still, our life has been compacted because we're not at work yet. We're still here. We still have the opportunity to do what we have to do for our children. Kids need to go back to school when we figure this thing out, when we have a plan for it. I'm a teacher. I want to hug every child I've missed. But I can't. But we can again if we do what we need to do. So... All of the stuff that's going on, yeah, this is America. But America's in flux right now. We just got to decide where it's going to go. Um, pay attention. Stay engaged. Have a sense of urgency every day. Because it's, sad, it's so sad that we're still dying from something that if we got together, we could really, really reduce. But I'm gonna take care of myself. You take care of yourself. Talk to somebody, let them talk to you. This is the Talk It Out Podcast. Have a good night, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Have some sense of urgency and don't fall for the actions of distraction. Be blessed.